Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Building Your Business right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I am your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest all the way from the UK is Lee Chambers on the Essentializing Change. He has had quite a journey. He really has. I mean, um, he couldn't walk for a long time, and he had to teach himself how to walk again. We're going to take that journey with him. What did he learn from that due diligence of having to find his legs, having to learn how to walk one step in front of the other at a time instead of that leap and bounds that we like to do? Um, where has it led him today? And what about these uh, multidisciplinary theories to integrate to regenerative practices into workplaces? And his mission is to make uh, a workplace that energizes us rather than drains us. And if, if your work does drain you, you're in the wrong place. If it energizes you, you're in creativity and productivity, and that's what we need. He says the environmental, psychological assessments, both physical and mental uh, health workshops are designed to build employee awareness around sleep, nutrition, mindset, and habits. He's providing well-being champions, enabling them to build communities within organizations so that well-beingness becomes enabled within business process. And he also assists leaderships and management teams with measuring in, um, in benefits, planning strategy, and igniting a shift in culture. Igniting a shift in culture, folks, is exactly where we are at the present moment and the reason why we are facing what we're facing pandemics a whole completely change in industry and we are facing that inner journey that one step at a time so let us learn from someone who has had literally to learn how to take one step at a time and how it also applies to his business today welcome lee thank you sarah thank you for having me on it's been a pleasure Oh, it's a pleasure having you here. Um, let's start with the loss of your legs. What happened? Let's go there first before we even start the journey of learning to walk again. Yeah, so I had had all the joys of growing up in England and was the first one in my family to go to university and had some challenges while at university and then came out into employment in, straight into the economic crash. Uh, mm. So I'd faced that adversity of struggles with my own mental health and being redundant at such an early point in my supposed <laughs> career, I already started to gain an understanding that the journey was going to be full of lumps and bumps, but that was what was going to shape me to become the person that I am. And that kind of acceptance meant that I'd managed to actually build a business and meet my wife, start my family, and find a relative level of comfort in the mania of life. And what kind of happened is I almost got too comfortable. Mm -hmm. And then the world came and told me that you're too comfortable, Lee, and you need to disrupt these patterns of comfort because you will stop growing and just wither into a human being who wasn't utilizing his energy or really pushing forward and progressing towards his potential. So I just turned 29 
and all of a sudden my immune system attacked the connective tissue in my joints. So both my knees, my shoulder, my wrist were locked in place. And that took me from being in very independent, very mobile, to all of a sudden not being able to do basic things for myself, such as go in the shower, go to the toilet, feed myself properly. And then I was completely reliant on the people around me. And in so many ways, that was finally a chance for me to actually stop and reflect and realize I've not been grateful for so many things in my life because we're not very grateful as human beings until we get things taken away. And then that amplifies just how lucky we are and the opportunities that we have. And again, it was 11 months of walking rehab, intensive physio and exercise and hydrotherapy to get back walking. But to be honest, the actual physical aspect of it while challenging was not really as much compared to the mental aspect of being able to reframe, to reconnect, to start to really alchemize just how interconnected we are as human beings and how ultimately it doesn't matter what you are as a body because ultimately your body's kind of like a, a court for your soul. And as long as your soul is able to align with something and suddenly you get a power inside of you, I think the best way to frame it is what happened is when I lost the ability to walk, I had to truly define what my purpose was. Uh And earlier in my life, my purpose had been a little bit like a candle. So when things had got difficult, it was blown out by the winds of adversity. What this did is it made me dig so deep that that became fire inside my soul. And when the wind came along, it fueled it, it propelled it forward. It actually made it grow rather than extinguishing it. And with that, that then became ultimately the forging fire of the business that I run today. And in so many ways, through adversity and through challenge, I was able to grow as a man, as a father, as a husband, as a son, and just as a human being on this planet. And really, when people say, oh, that must have been difficult. Well, yeah, it was a challenge. Initially, I was in shock. I didn't even (laughs) know how to process that initial moment of going from what felt like everything's nothing very quickly and yet I realized actually I'd gone from everything to everything I just actually suddenly got clarity on everything that I had right. not the one thing that I'd actually lost and that is amazingly powerful beautifully articulated and to be so young and have discovered this is a gift in itself because you know my generation we all got hit with the cosmic two by four later in life you know and uh, you're not living your truth but a lot of that was we didn't have permission to do so you know your generation the millennial generation is uh, it's about exploratory it's about there has to be more i have to be more there has to be more to life than just the nine to five picket fence 2.5 kids cat dog mortgage and debt and death you know and that there has to be more than that and the fact that you had virtually everything and you got set in that complacency you know oh, i'm comfortable here you know that's it and then along came the cosmos and said uh-uh mate you know, you've, this is just the scratching of the surface. We're going to give you a challenge now, a challenge that we hope you rise up to. And in rising up to it, that clarity of A, what you had, and still what you still have to go and do. 
and who you have to take along with you is very, very profound at your age and I'm very, very profound for anyone to reach at any age. So kudos to you for reaching it because <laughs> so oh. many people are on that journey and they don't get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. And I think it's like we spoke about previously, We're almost like that child who needs to go and get ready for school. Mm. And as adults, we quite often sit there like the child who needs to get ready to go to school and grow. And yeah, there's lots of issues around education and there's lots of things that are missed off the syllabus, which could be really helpful for people when they grow up. But in the same way, you're almost like that child who's like, oh, I'm not going to get ready as an adult. You sit there, you're comfortable in your big chair. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, your, your kind of spiritual parent comes down and gives you that psychic spanking. Yes. Get off that chair and go and get ready. <laughs> I like it. Oh, the psychic God. spanking you are here for something get up and do it yes. <laughs> we do as human beings become very complacent don't we or, or we become very embittered and you know um, despondent you know something went wrong how many people you know have given in to their illness um, you know cancer is an 80% emotional disease I personally have known people in the last couple of years that were told that their heart or they had cancer, that they didn't have long to live. But if they changed their lifestyle, they could live longer. And they were all dead within a week. They just simply gave up. The power is within us. The strength, the amount of people I know that have overcome illnesses and cancers and learned to walk again and, and just face that adversity and stepped into their own triumph to understand what it means. Because it's bigger than that achievement, isn't it? It's far bigger than that achievement. Yeah, and I think that we almost, like the kind of generation now, we live in this world where we, we have so much information and yet we kind of divulge this responsibility for understanding our, ourselves, our bodies, our minds and our spirits to a set of experts, the doctors, the mm. psychiatrists. And the problem with that is, that if you divulge that power, that permission to them, they are taught to look at certain illnesses in isolation. What they're not taught to do is how to communicate these things. Yeah. So when they say to you, you've got this and it means this, because you've given them that power, you then take that. So I'm now depressed and therefore I will feel this way. Or alternatively, like you say, you know, you have this cancer there's a 90% chance you will die. So go and do all the things you want to do. And people will follow that. If people who are supposedly to be experts and you believe them, give you boundaries and limits, then mm. you walk right onto that boundary and stay there. Because you don't have the permission. You've given the permission to somebody else. Yes. Truth is, you need to get out of your own way. Those limits and boundaries are... They're not set by an expert, set by you. And in fact, so often we limit ourselves. We put a little cap on our potential and say, oh, it couldn't possibly be anymore. But if we put ourselves a chart in front of us and said, what's your potential? You'd like everyone would mark like a seven because no one wants to do a 10 because they look <laughs> big headed. And then you probably ask, ask, your, ask your boss and they'd probably say, actually, you're a nine. You've got, you've got potential. You can get better. And then you'd ask your mom and they'd be like, you're five, you've done really well for yourself. <laughs> but the truth is, it's, your potential isn't 10. Your potential is unknowable. But 
so you're right about the, the capping the limits. You know, we, we are meant to be bigger than we ever dreamt we could be. That's what we're designed for. This is what this life is about. The exploration of what is our instrument, how to play it, which orchestra to bring it to. Are we many instruments? How many chapters do we have in our life? And what, uh, what adventure is in each chapter? And if we step into complacency or we step into authority or dictation, we have immediately put a wall around us. And then all we see is the wall. We don't even see the ladder that goes over the wall. <laughs> you know, we only see the wall. So a, a great deal of our problems in life is the way we perceive things. And instead of perceiving it from your own perspective, from your own heart, soul, and spirit, your collectiveness, we perceive it from somebody else's opinion. And we need to drop that. that thank you for your opinion. You know, I, but I'm going to go and do something different. And, and start listening in, right? Because that's where the, the real voice is, the voice of courage and strength and ability. It's within ourselves. And if we've got everybody telling us we can't, then either it's going to propel us forward as some people can't be told they can't because then they go and do, mm -hmm. or it's just going to completely, you know, put a dome over us and say, no, that's it. I've had it. I'm finished. So that dialogue with self is so important, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And it's, it's about building that self-awareness because there are times when you need to show compassion to yourself, mm. give yourself that hug. And there are times when you need to be honest with yourself and take ownership over a situation because it's a situation that you can and have elements of control over how you respond to them. And at that same time, really, when I talk to my clients about expressing yourself authentically, well, the root of the word authentic is author. So really, you should be writing your own book, not letting yeah. other people write it for you. Right. At the very minimum, your adventures, your life, what you learn, you write that down on your journey. You can let people in to write a little bit in your book. Choose those people wisely. Yes. Make sure yes. they are people who will add and complement your story. And ultimately, on the day that you pass to another place, you will leave on this planet, part of your body, and almost that book, a whole story of you, a legacy that's here in an, almost like a physical paper form, and that then transcends with you and becomes the starting point for your next journey. Exactly. You know, I mean, I always say each lifetime is, is, is here for us to learn our purpose, uh, to to step into our purpose and to be what we we were designed to be and if we deny that and, and if we um turn our backs on that it just means next lifetime you've got to come in and do it all over again so you may as well you know sort things out in this lifetime look at like you know what i've been carrying this burden or this doubt uh from several lifetimes ago and it's just weighing me down you know, it's time for me to rewrite that script. You know, a very interesting book back in the day, but it's not my book right now. And I'm going to rewrite it the way I want to see it, the way I believe from the core of me that it should be. But participation is a huge word, isn't it? Because we're in a world where we've handed ourselves over to the doctors, over to the therapist, over to the psychiatrist, and we go and do what they tell us to do. But we need to participate in our own lives and take, um, take over the pen and write what we believe is possible and invite people 
to be the cheerleaders of that possibility, not the naysayers. Definitely. And again, I think that comes down to something I quite often say, which is we're in a world where there's so much advice, but there's not enough encouragement. Oh, gosh, yeah. You don't really need that advice. The information is everywhere. There's inputs and stimulus, so much so that the average person today gets more inputs in a day than our ancestors did in a lifetime. There's enough coming in. You don't need more advice. You don't need to conform. You just need to have some people around you who will encourage you to be you. They'll encourage you to write your book when your hands get a little bit tired, mm. when you just don't feel like adding a chapter today. But you want to add that chapter because you do actually want to be in a later point in life, be able to open that book and it not be either blank or full of other people's scribbles. Right. how... <laughs> dispiriting is that when you when you were 65 years of age and you open that book and oh who's wrote this yeah (laughs) you know i i um i am the 65 year old who did allow a great deal of my book to be written by expectation uh by uh (laughs) turning 66 very soon (laughs) and it, it was it was I was a people pleaser and I was bending over into a pretzel to be what everybody wanted me to be. The trouble is everybody wanted me to be something different and, you know, kind of like schizophrenia here, you know, and I completely lost myself in this trying to be everybody else's, you know, idea of what I should be for them. And it took me, you know, a a journey um, of several chapters in that journey of my own self-recovery, in my own self-discovery, to who is Sarah? Who is Sarah? Who is Sarah to Sarah? What is Sarah's story? What is Sarah here to do? What is my purpose? And it's not here to bend into a pretzel for everyone else. You are more abundant and more enriching for other people when you are enriching and abundant for yourself. But I was spending myself to the very last drop being completely depleted because I thought that's what I had to do. It's not the way, is it? No, and I think so many people, I, I kind of see us, we're like a, our body's like a jigsaw piece. Mm. So we're incredibly neuroplastic. We can shapeshift in yes. so many ways, but you don't want to be a chameleon in life, shifting to other people's colours. You want to express your own colours mm. and really be bright <laughs> and radiant and everyone has a favorite color and then so many people won't wear that favorite color why not that's your favorite color yes stop being opaque (laughs) and it's like your jigsaw piece you don't want to be everybody else's jigsaw you don't want to keep changing and shaving bits off so you fit into somewhere else you be your jigsaw piece you can grow and change little bits of that jigsaw piece but that has to be by your design because you design your life to be your jigsaw and you fit into it nicely and you get the people around you who are complementary pieces. Right. You fit together and you amplify each other. Perfectly said. Yes. That piece of puzzle that you are belongs to a bigger picture. Every single person is a piece of that puzzle. And when we find each other vibrationally, 
and we find each other on that frequency where in that collectiveness we see the same vision we're going to put those pieces of ourselves together and look what collective we have look what energy we have look what inspiration we have right it's not about you being the whole puzzle it's about you being your own perfect piece and finding other people in their own perfect piece i put it as being your instrument and finding your orchestra but you are responsible for you and your instrument and then in that instrument you will attract in the same vibration other musicians that form an orchestra or other pieces of puzzle that form the perfect picture but you are responsible for you it's not like oh i need to mold myself to fit over there no be abundant of yourself plump yourself up be a fat piece of puzzle right (laughs) you will find the right picture to be in but stop compromising yeah i absolutely love the orchestra because i talk quite a lot about the modern word balance Mm -hmm. unachievable Mm -hmm. really we shouldn't be looking for balance because it suggests that all of a sudden you could be this piece that was in perfect floating all the time with every single thing kept to a certain level balance is unachievable balance will cause people to bend to other people's wills what you really want is harmony yes in harmony yeah you know i'm a libran i'm always balancing things up (laughs) and i look at it this way it's not about me having the perfect balance it's about not having the extremes of the up and the down it's about having it where it is constantly moving and adjusting you know in tune in tune to the harmony it's not about them being rigid because a scale needs to move it's constantly measuring things i'm measuring the energy today i'm measuring the responsibilities the possibilities the everything today and it will go up and down what you don't want is the ups and the downs what you want is to keep that balance constantly in flow rather harmoniously like you know that kind of soft drum beat at the back that is the heartbeat of the orchestra certainly and i just think that's that's a way to live life and utilize your your energy to express that and create a harmony with other people because Mm. again so many of us are stuck in this individualistic attitude where we're all more self-absorbed and when we're self-absorbed we can't hear our own body because we have to be outside ourselves to be able to look at ourselves objectively and gain that acuity to feel these things and it's another thing where we give the understanding of ourselves over to scientists mm-hmm. scientists are amazing but how did we ultimately come to be so understanding of so many principles thousands and thousands of years ago and we didn't have laboratories right. we didn't have scientists by name and we didn't have 100,000 studies to look at which all disagree with each other anyway yes. um, so the, the thing is science is useful and yet unfortunately when humans rigidly look for reasons mm. we don't see anything to the sides and it's almost like we're in a cave with a little torch and that one study that we find is us shining our torch on a little spot in the cave when really if we lit ourselves up We'd yeah. be able to see all around. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Life is an inside out job. You know, it doesn't matter what you do on the outside. I've interviewed so many people. I've known so many people that bought into this capitalistic dream. You need to have the big house, the fancy car, the Armani suits, the important job, the sexy wife or whatever. 
And they went and did all that. And they said, I'm working 18 hours a day. I have no time to enjoy the house, the car, the wife, the kids. Um, I am exhausted. You know, I've got heart problems. I've got um, high anxiety. And what is this for? What, what's this dream they're talking about? And then each one of them, in one way or the other, has either had to walk away or has walked away and gone to a more simplistic life where they can really and utterly enjoy every moment of it. Like, like a really good you know, dish of food that's got everything on it. You can enjoy every vegetable, every piece of meat, everything on there collectively, and rather than shoving something down your throat and you didn't even know it was there. And you know, washing it down with an expensive wine that um, you can't even taste anymore. Taste life, savor life, enjoy every part of life, and then you'll actually understand where the enrichment lies. It doesn't lie in what you have, it lies in who you are. Yeah, and I, I kind of I, I feel that so much because a lot of those people, that's what society is imprinted on them quite early in their lives. Mm. And they set off on that journey. They got the head down, they're climbing the mountain. A lot of these people are very dedicated to that. Push and push and push and push. The problem is on that journey, they've got the head down. So firstly, they don't see the amazing things, the amazing beasts along the way. Yes. They don't see any of that. They don't get to celebrate the small wins. They're still garnering with a head down. And finally, they actually get all these things that they extrinsically wanted. They're at the top of this mountain. And then they look across the valley and realize, wasn't the mountain that I was supposed to climb. Right. <laughs> exactly. Kind of reminds me of um, our musicians, you know, a musician. I love this guilty pleasure interviewing musicians because they are so entrenched with their gift, with their music. You know, it is who they are. It is what they're designed to do and they have to do it. But there's still some of that mindset. Well, you know, we're only as good as our next gig. You know, once we're in a gig, we're looking for another. And if it, well, if you're really good at one gig, if your music really, really hits people, you don't need to worry about the next one. People will want you. They will be booking you left, right, and center. So instead of constantly looking for the next one and not paying attention to the performance at the moment, uh, you know, it, you're going to lose out that way because you're not giving it your all. Give it your all. Give your best performance. Uh, your, your true self. Completely pour it out. And for those that see you and hear you enjoy your music, they will most certainly want to have you back again or to refer you or whatever. But that's really what it is, isn't it? Put your best foot forward for every performance. Oh, definitely. And it's that kind of that in-tune mindfulness when you're mm. there. Because if you're honestly got that element of dissonance in your mind, that scarcity, that, oh, maybe I won't abundance creates amazing music mm. when you when you're there you're truly in the moment you're creating something beautiful it's an expression of you mm. and you honestly understand that this will resonate with some people it won't resonate with others they are not on your harmony slider yes. they are not on your frequency right but don't worry because they are not your jigsaw pieces right so let them sit in their own box you need to be the jigsaw piece on that stage right. for your fellow pieces who are likely to be there supporting you. They'll be the faces that you see at every gig. Yeah. They are your jigsaw pieces. Yeah. 
they yep. are. The yeah. fan base that will be with you for 50 years down the road, still dancing to, to the music that you're playing, right? The diehards. Yes, because it means something to them. The music means something to them. It's not like just, you know, the person's sexy and, oh, I can dance this. It's like the music speaks to them and it, and it fuels them and it helps them on their own journey. Now, a lot of people will say, well, what's all this talk got to do with business? Everything, absolutely everything. Because when you do step into your own jigsaw piece, your own musicianship, your, your own beautiful instrument, your own abundance, that it means that whoever you are on whatever plane you are, whether it's personal or whether it's business, you are going to bring that sense of abundance with you and that openness where people feel that they are really being uh, given attentiveness and that you are hearing them, that you truly are listening and you're there to really serve them. And it really makes a difference in business, doesn't it? When you bring the whole of you to the equation. Oh, yeah, because you then start to lead, you lead yourself first. Mm -hmm. You set the beats. You don't ask people to follow you. You show them how they can lead themselves. Precisely. Join in yes. with that beat. And it's yeah. so powerful when you do that. And I almost equate it to being like the children on a school bus. When you're in business, you want your jigsaw pieces that complement your values, your skills. Uh -huh. You want to make an amazing, lovely, beautiful jigsaw picture with your business and in fact you want to actually be like a bunch of curious disruptive children on a school bus all singing mm. all traveling in the same direction on that highway to make a change in the world and your values are aligned because the business's ambitions are something that is going to make a difference that values the communicated it's congruent the leadership actually acts like they will do that. They don't just put it on a wall. It's spoken and lived, not just written. Right. And then every individual employee, the people who are there, you will have the right people. The people who don't resonate will step off the bus and go and catch another one on their Ooh, journey. Exactly. The right people, you will find them. They will step on. And all of a sudden, you will have that buzz of singing curious children who have the appreciation for where they're going. They have an anchor their own values into the company's values. So it doesn't just become work. It doesn't yeah. even become a career. It becomes a calling. And when you've got a group of people with the same calling, all of a sudden that message, it spreads, it widens, it amplifies, it becomes bigger than a sum of its parts. In fact, it becomes squared and what even multiplied beyond measure because mm. there is it ripples out like yeah again we go back to the orchestra yeah everyone brings their gift with their particular piece and you are in so many ways the conductor mm -hmm. you are leading yourself first and yes. you are sh showing everyone the way you are not playing the instruments for them. You are not telling them how to play the instruments. You are not going round and repairing every instrument yourself as a conductor. You must stand there. You at the front, you are the most exposed. Yeah. And that means you must set an example. You must live by your values. You must be conscious, self-aware and congruent with your actions. If you do that and suddenly the vibration 
will shake the ground around you. Your competitors, they won't be your competitors. They will want yep. to collaborate because you're shaking the earth. They want yes. to come and shake with you. Everyone loves it when the bass is shaking the stage. Right. And you want that. You want to be, because then your message, it spreads. You don't need to shout because those vibrations travel far and wide. They reverberate right out the ripple effect completely. And the thing about the conductor, you know, everybody's following a piece of music and each person, even the, the guy doing the triangle, everybody's important in it. And for the conductor is to recognize the gift within you and bring it out, right? Allow it to have its stage. And that's what the conductor does is like, I know you can do this and I know you're great at that. Bring it up forth. You know, that's the way it does. It reminds me of a TV show called Cheers where everybody knows your name, which I don't know if you've ever seen. It's an American show around a bar and everybody knows the name and everybody knows each other. My son has a restaurant called Humble Roots Cafe and it's kind of done on that basis. For him, you walk away with a happy tummy and you walk away feeling that you're a part of this community, then he's happy. And people are coming back time and time again, not just for the good food, but because they feel it's their local cafe. They feel a part of that community. And for him, it's extremely important that that community is, it feels like it's wanted. So it doesn't matter if your business is big or small, how do your employees and how do your customers feel wanted or not because that's a huge play in any game oh so much and we know there's, there's many many businesses out there where they've almost become faceless they don't want the conductor to have a big mask on his face you don't want all the orchestra to have masks on their faces either because you want to see those people you want to make the eye contact you, you want, want to see the, the joy yeah, you want the senses to be ignited. Yes. This is a little bit challenging at the moment because I struggle when I see people with masks on because I can't see the whole face. Right. It's incredibly necessary as we look to fight against something which is a shared human experience. We are all in this together. And we, again, we actually need to create a frequency across the world to ensure that we, in so many ways, reverberate this away. Yes. Yes. Oh, gosh, I'm glad you've, you've said that. It's that we understand that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, the universe has been turning our volume up uh, since 2012, you know, notch by notch by notch, inviting human beings to waken up, waken up that consciousness to understand it is consciousness, cohesiveness, collaboration, not competitiveness, certainly not greed, not opulence. Those are the things that we have to leave aside is that to understand that we each one of us are a cell. And our cells are only, you know, our bodies are only as healthy as our cell structure is. And that if we keep ourselves healthy, mind, body, and soul, then we're bringing the collective healthiness to the collective cellular structure. And that vibration that we rise up onto, we know in the loving vibration is healing. It's healing psychologically, spiritually, physically, environmentally. And so for everybody to step up into that healing vibration right now, is essential for the survival of the planet and survival of the human race. Yeah, and I think it comes down to, obviously, a lot of my work. I'm kind of past the point of sustainability because the, the kind of the communication of sustainability 
is looking to stop. But we don't want to stop. We want to be regenerative. We want to actually give back more than we've taken. And we have taken, taken and taken from Abundantly taken. Oh, God, yeah. And, and the planet and everything else cannot sustain that on any level. Yeah, and it's so funny because you will not have a scientist be able to argue the fact that if you take too much energy away, things don't work because mm-hmm. it needs to have a balance. And that is the one thing that needs balance. Mm-hmm. Energy needs to come and go in the same. It needs to. Otherwise, you end up with zero energy and that's no existence to live in. Right. Well, I mean, you know, a lot of uh, ancient things talk about block chi locked energy in your body and generally when you have an ailment in the body it means the energy is blocked there and it needs to be released so that energy is constantly in flow our blood our oxygen needs to constantly be in flow in our body so does our energy if we're feeling lethargic and energyless because that means somewhere along the line there is blocked energy is it an emotional block is it a physical block the energy needs to be moving and so if you are finding yourself at that that place in life where you feel you know i just don't have the energy to do all of this this is a real time to kind of just stop everything you're doing and really go in to look at what is, where is the blocked energy? You know, are there emotions that you've got to take care of? There's some physicality you've got to take care of. Is there a mindset you've got to take care of? You're no good to anyone else if you're in that state of low energy yourself. And you really need to place that importance upon yourself because that's the way you contribute to everybody else. Oh, definitely. And the, the beauty is that energy... It, it spreads. It's contagious. Yes. And yes. Yeah. In in that way, it's up to you, as your human being, to ensure that your energy can reflect and energize others. Mm-hmm. Because if we live in that society where people just take energy from each other, it it suddenly it's, it gets to the point where we enervate each other to the point where all of a sudden, no one can do anything. We're all depleted. Everyone, is sapped each other. Yes. It's so obvious. It happens in nature. If you see if you plant too many things close to each other, they take energy from each other. Mm. They start to, the conflict happens. All of a sudden, so many of these things that we look at as, oh, it's just human beings fighting again. No, it's because you've taken the energy from each other. Mm. And all of a sudden, we can't see the abundance we see the scarcities, we fight over the little bit of energy that we have left. And that's the cause of so many of the issues we have in the modern world is instead of opening up the tap, we're fighting over the trickle of water. But the blockage is there. Go mm. and sort the cause out. Yes. Instead, we fight over the symptom. Mm. All ah. the time. <laughs> All the time. It's petty. We've become so petty and we've become so narrow-minded and we've become so me, 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 me. I used to have a company called The Importance of You and it was about you are so important in your own life. It's very different from your self-importance. Mm-hmm. Self-importance is derived by ego, by insecurity, by that need for more. But the importance of you is to understand you are important to the whole collective. So where is your energy? And when your energy is abundant, now you're able to share it and feed others so that they can grow. 
But if we're constantly taking and we're being petty and we're so caught up in the anger energy and anger energy is just a, a blood sucker. Mm-hmm. Nothing else for it. It sucks the life out of people, literally. And we cannot survive with that, can we? Hate has no place. No. And again, it's just another thing where we as human beings, we're going to have negative emotions. We've evolved that way. It's a healthy way to express every emotion on that spectrum of human experience. And no one really teaches you how to express those emotions healthily. Mm -hmm. In fact, they almost tell you to suppress the negative ones so that they can come and psychologically bite you down the line. Yeah. Which is incredibly energy sapping as it turns out and also in so many ways really stops you accessing your deeper self because when you know yourself and when you're self-aware and not Mm self-absorbed again that is opening the tap you can carry water for others you can take it to the people who need it the most you can become someone who goes out there collaborates with others and all of a sudden you're more than the massive energy that you are as a human being you are like a lightning bolt you're a lifesaver mm-hmm. <laughs> literally <laughs> that's the point of why we're here isn't it you know we're here to find our meaningful purpose our calling we're here to be abundant we're here to share that abundancy we're here to raise people's frequencies up We're here to open them up to the universal messaging because for so long we've just lived as humans in our narrow, self-opinionated, self-absorbed, low vibration human self. Mm -hmm. And now we're being asked to open and awaken up to a consciousness and to understand we are so much more than just this blob of flesh. We are so much more than the human restriction and that when you allow the, um, whatever you source of energy to come through you, whatever you want to call it, to come through you and ignite you, your heart is switched on, your soul is switched on, your spirit is switched on, your mind is clearer because it knows what it needs to know when it needs to know it. You are suddenly ignited and you understand why you're here, what you're here to do, and you've got the energy to go out and do it. But we have to get, take the blinkers off because that is what's stopping us from growing. Like you said, you got complacent. Along came along, well, we're just going to freeze your body up. Let you fight for your body to come back. And in that fighting, literally having to learn how to move one step at a time, one movement at a time. And it was mind over matter, doing the work the body needed, but the mind was doing the work. It was working with the soul. It was working with the heart because you knew that you weren't going to stay there. And there was so much more for you to do. And in that discovery, look what you discovered about yourself and what you're here to do. Yeah. And it's then funny how that has become both the fire, the meaning, Mm -hmm. the reason and the vehicle for my business. And again, I wouldn't have had that. People say that by going through the suffering, you ignited little elements of wisdom. And what you then realize is actually, I'm just this little ape who suddenly got the ability to think and he got the ability to think he became rather dangerous and thought he could take over the world (laughs) and it's so funny because when you actually think about it like that 
that, that's, that's what we are. We're a, mm. bunch of, we're a bunch of apes who suddenly decided, oh, I've got some cognitive ability. Yes. Therefore, I can try and take over the world. And then we killed off all the other apes who were right. similar. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then, and then Anybody started, who disagrees. Yeah, and then started almost trying to self-destruct ourselves by thinking too much. Right. Because yes. in so many ways, you can't think your way to clarity. No. The only power of thinking is the ability to think about thinking. <laughs> well yeah it's giving the thoughts permission to feel you know for mm. me it's always about feeling the thoughts you yeah. know my thoughts are constantly thinking they're you know multiple movies going on at the same time and it's just you know scenery but until my my soul and my heart and my spirit's intellect wisdom connects with that all that knowledge that's in there is just simply data but when I feel the knowledge and I understand what I need, then I will extract from the mind what I need in the moment that I need it and understand that the feeling of knowledge, the wisdom of the knowingness is really the tools that you have and the clarity that you have in moving forward. We can't think our way there. We can utilize our thoughts by feeling our way there. Yeah. And it all comes down to something I quite often say again with, what's what is the story you're telling yourself and again and who wrote it yes <laughs> it goes down to the story because the story telling yourself the mind the book no one should have to give you that permission you shouldn't ask for forgiveness mm. for being your authentic self and if only we could teach that as a class in schools because I understand it's difficult and it's challenging because in terms of school, the, 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 what they go off is from the past. <laughs> the teachers who are there have been taught how it used to be. Yes. And they've not been through that experience often. So it's difficult for them to be able to extract and deliver that to our next generation. And it doesn't help that in so many ways, a lot of the things about finding answers and there is no real direct answer to mm. spirituality as no. such because you have to find it yourself. You what have to you feel it. <laughs> Be yeah, aware need, of it. You need the ability to navigate your thoughts, your yes. feelings, your emotions and your behaviours. Once you start to navigate those, you become more self-aware. It requires the ability to question yourself and at first, you ask really poor questions because there's a certain skill in asking yourself questions. Mm -hmm. As you gradually cultivate that, all of a sudden it becomes like you're able to get a little key to unlock those little doors. And those questions allow you to probe further into yourself. And so often, once you get to that point, you actually start to find the real little bits in there because your spirit won't lie to you. <laughs> no, God, it can't. It just simply can't. I always say the best teachers are those that have gone through the process. And, and that's the reason why you've gone through it is to, so that you now can be the teacher. But as a teacher, you're a guider. You are imparting your knowledge, your experience, the skills and tools that you acquired along the way. You're sharing that with other people. But how they apply it to themselves is up to them. 
Yeah. How it opens them up is how willing are they to be open up and to apply this and see what, I, and you know, the application may be different for them as it was to you or different to the next person. All you can do is share your abundance, your knowledge, your wisdom, your know-how. And then it's up to every one of us to, to go, you know, I learned so much from that person or I was so inspired by that person or this tidbit. Oh, I've applied this. My goodness, has it changed my life? But you've got to understand not every one person has the answer. They can ignite something in you that you will be then ready to even hear from someone else. And so willing to go through the process and the best teachers are those that have gone through it beforehand because they understand, they relate. They know what you're going through. They know about the struggle. But they also know that with a different mindset, heart set, body set, that the struggle doesn't have to be so hard and so long if you're willing to ignite that process and those skills and those tools. Yeah, definitely. And I do speak in education. And before lockdown, I was quite enjoying going into educational establishments and sharing my story and effectively saying, I could stand here and teach you what happened in the First World War. And I could stand here and teach you how to do quadratic equations. I can't stand here and teach you how to find your purpose. But mm -hmm. I can tell you about my journey. Mm -hmm. And I will let you take the insights. Because actually, the answers to the First World War are in this book. The answer to your purpose is right in you. Yes. Yes. I always say inspiration begets invitation. When people are inspired by you, this is why these are called the why shows. Why are you doing what you're doing? What brought you to it? And whom does it serve? And when we're inspired by your journey, it ignites an invitation inside of us to go, well, you know what? If he can do it, surely there must be something inside of me that I can do it too. I can find my strength, my courage. What is my calling? How can I apply that wisdom that he applied to himself to me? And that's all we can do, right? We, all we can do is inspire and invite. Yeah. The people uh, have uh, to participate. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I just try. I mean, I, I try my best to inspire and empower where possible, knowing that I only found that through desperation. Mm -hmm. and I hope other people can find it before they hit their desperation point as well. Now, of course, as you said before COVID, you were going into the schools and you were obviously working with people one-on-one. -on -one. And of course, right now, and, and actually I think for the foreseeable future, we are onlining now. You know, we're having to change the way we conduct our lives, the way we conduct our business, um, and defining what relationships are. Um, you know, more online relationships, which, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'm just talking through a computer. No, you're sharing energy. You're always sharing energy. It doesn't matter whether it's face-to-face -face or device. You're sharing energy, and it can be just as inspirational. How have you, how's your business changed during this, and what are you doing now to serve your clientele? Yeah, so I originally, before COVID, had a hybrid physical digital delivery. So I was probably delivering 40% there, 60% online. So it was a natural transition to mm. shift into doing considerably more online. The beauty is what it did is it allowed me to slow down a little bit, just mm. take a little step back out of my business to just look at strategy and look at how I could start to amplify the impact in a new changing dynamic and absorbent world. That was because I saw the fracture and the discourse. Mm. There were spaces in for me to step into and disrupt the status quo 
And that has meant that I've now got clients in Australia, Canada, and the United States. And that's not going to stop. I'm going to continue to expand. But I've also started to collaborate with people from across the world who I've spent time to go and find people on my frequency. Mm-hmm. And when you do, it doesn't matter if you're 10,000 miles apart. Right. It feels amazing. It does. And <laughs> it's just, it's been an opportunity for me to step back and say, now's the time to find myself some jigsaw pieces because I've been a little jigsaw piece on my little sort box for quite a while. And I've tried to look at my networks around me and I have a, I have a significant amount of criteria for people that I'm willing I need that culture fit. I need those aligned values. And I need to be vibrating. I need people who've also had this story, had this psychic spanking to the point where they fell over in the dirt and had to pick themselves up over and over again. But they didn't get spanked for the same thing twice because they actually decided to make a change when they were being, when they were being guided to. Right. And I will say, it's like, it's like that child who touches the toilet seat you're going to get told that that's not a good idea. But as, as adults, we quite often do things over and over again that are really not a good idea. <laughs> exactly. And the world just keeps, boosh, boosh, boosh. Come on, you know it's not right. But yeah, what it's allowed me to do is take a step back and actually go and search and find more people who I really, really resonate with. And that has led me to a point now where I'm starting to speak more in online summits that mm-hmm. really align with me. I'm now collaborating with someone to create a course where we're both going to deliver. We're going to deliver into schools, hitting them at an earlier age and trying to instill some of this and kind of know the numerous ways to approach it. It's not a massively profitable venture when you're dealing with education, but if we can get the next generation asking the right questions, especially when they're going to the workplace and they're going to that interview and they are so anchored into who they are, they can ask the questions. What does this company stand for? Does it fit with my values? Is this a place where I have a calling rather than just coming to work? Because it's more than that. It's more, is this the right buzz for me? And again, I'm passionate about ensuring that they, because they are the future leaders. Yes, They are the ones who can really conduct the orchestras of the future. And I want to be a part of someone who made a difference. Well, me being the 65-year-old and having kids of your age, it's very inspiring for me to know that passing the baton on to you, guys, is, is in the right vibration because it gives us hope. We know we screwed up, but we screwed up because of the expectations that were put on us, the lack of permission put on us, uh, the more is more, you know, you're only important if, and we bought into that because that's what we were brought up to. And we've rebelled from it. You know, even it's taken us a while, we've rebelled from it and saying, no, my God, I sold my soul. And, and I did all of this and I did all of that and I was actually miserable. You know, now I'm here and I'm doing what I want to do because I believe in it. And, and this is my passion and conviction. And age has got nothing to do with whether you're young or older to step into that passion. But knowing that your age group, my young kids in the age group are going to be the future leaders, I feel so much happier. 
that knowing that you know, you're, you're all of you are embracing the soul, heart, and spirit energy, and not just kind of the capitalism, which is we know is dysfunctional. It's not worked. It's put us in the position that we're in now, and so it has to change. So I say the universe is here to shake us up, to wake us up, for us to step up and change it up. And we're we've been shaken, we've been woken. At the present moment, where's the invite to step up? It's right in front of you. Step up in your own life so you can step up in the collective life and be the orchestra, be the puzzle, get on the right bus. And the fact that you're at that stage too right now of it's not just about me, it's about that collaboration, building your orchestra, right, of, the, of uh, like-minded and like-souled musicians so that you know the music you play will be harmonious. That is what we're needing right now is because those pockets will just ripple out to everyone and be invitational to those that are ready to receive that frequency. And so many people are flapping in the wind with their energy right now, looking for it to attach somewhere and needing it to attach somewhere where, oh gosh, you've got the right energy for me. Even if they don't understand that's what they're looking for. And I can ride this wave and see where it takes me, but we've got to be exploratory. We have to be adventurous. We have to be open and we have to be willing and we have to allow because that's the only way we're going to move forward. Yeah. And that openness is hopefully something that when people are shaken and mm. then stirred a little bit, all of a sudden you do wake up because the world is telling you time to change yeah. and go and either join an orchestra or find ones to listen to. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of in my head, if we can get an orchestra in every city, There'll be someone somewhere who mm-hmm. wants to come and they'll tell the friends yes and some of the friends might not like this orchestra but the orchestra in the next city mm-hmm. might just play your music right and if we can do that then from every stadium and theater where the orchestra plays the energy will vibrate and reverberate out and hopefully it could reach the next city and the next city could reach the next city and all of a sudden, we've got a movement, a mm-hmm. movement of energy in the right direction rather than the wrong direction. Right. And, you know, you talk about cities physically, but it's also, you know, the webinar city, the summit city, the collaborative, um, uh, collective um, um, educational platform that's all online because what we're looking at now is we are going online but as you said it opens us up to everyone else in the world and not just you know be restricted just to our town and if we're willing to to listen to people from all over the world and uh, tune in and 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 learn and and participate then we will understand we are a part of that orchestra and uh, or you know be inspired to start one of our own you know it's it's just please participate in your own life please step up in your own life be willing to do the work and go through the process in your own life because if you want change out there you've got to be the change which means that you need to change to be the positive change that's needed yeah so much so and it's just remembering that as you listen to this so many people who listen or be engaged Mm. Just remind the people who are not engaged and not exploring themselves just what this present moment is. The present is a gift. That's why it's called the present. The gift of the present is in the now. Absolutely. You know, you talked about legacy. 
and everybody would love to leave a legacy to be remembered for something but instead of you know i'm i have 2500 plus shows on here and I hope before i go i have many many more and i know the impact that it's had on people that are ready to hear people say how many people listen i said all those that are ready to hear it will find its way to them the legacy isn't in what i leave behind although that's very nice if it's still continuing on the legacy is what i do in the moment that has an effect on somebody today tomorrow a year or two or 10 years down the road and it's the impact that we're having on other people that is our legacy it's not about when we die it's what we do right now yeah and that's so important because we can either raise our people or we can squash our people right and you don't want a legacy of all the people that you trod on because that's no way to leave into the next because it'll come and get you yeah. they'll come and squash you too yes you take that big foot off me <laughs> i'm glad that you're working with kids i have a huge passion for kids and and i've got a whole program coming out uh, which should have been this year but of course covid so we'll just wait you know wait for it to happen when it's meant to happen i'm hoping to start it this fall um but it's you know um our forgotten children and realizing that if we invest in the children when they're young if we invest in the families to support them if we invest in the school system to adjust to our beautiful indigo gifted children that are out there we will not have a dysfunctional society as adults and that it's all about the kids and so i'm extremely passionate about what we do with our children because they are incredibly gifted incredibly gifted so wise it's like they've deleted their Akashi record and they've just come in completely channeling that wonderful wisdom. And if we learn to listen to them, it will ignite that wisdom and that child within us and help heal it and, and everything else. So I'm so pleased that you're doing a program that is around kids because if we don't invest in them, what are, what are we doing? We're not investing in our future. We're just having more dysfunction go into our future. So we must invest in them. Yeah, and it's so funny. I was only speaking to a friend yesterday that really we should actually create a program where we take children into boardrooms. Yes. Children are incredibly curious. Yes, they are disruptive because they see things differently. And to every CEO out there, children have no fear calling you out if you're not congruent with what you do and what you say. 100%. Because they follow the messenger, they don't follow the message. It's the same with autistic children. Everybody thinks that they are, have a disability. You know, as my one person, Susan uh, Lala said, they are differently abled. And they're so, you know, um, focused on the gift that they're given and the way they see things. And they're going to speak to it the way they are. And so this whole thing about throwing people away because they don't fit into a certain box, what the universe is doing to us right now is saying, what box? I'm going to give you a diversification of people that you think have a disability and they're going to be your teachers and teach you how to be able. So powerful. And I mean, I'm very much aligned to inclusivity and belonging simply because of the fact that I'm not a neurotypical person. Right. <laughs> and that has allowed me to actually see things differently. And we quite often laugh because when I was younger, I was labelled as a bit, a bit too curious for my own good. Mm -hmm. and a bit disruptive. Yes. Because I, I didn't stay on syllabus. 
and it didn't stay on the program. I was off exploring something else because, wow, I do have some quite deep passions. But that has allowed me to really, in so many ways, find, define and express myself without the massive fear of society coming and chucking a lot of its mud and candy at me, expecting me to start eating and not go in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> Curious George, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. Curiously. And that curiosity mm. is what helps us explore ourselves from the inside out. It's where the creativity is. It's where the clarity is. It's where the wonderment is. It's where the joy is. And we've been so long suppressed suppress 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 and fit into a mold you know it's just sorry there is no mold for you there is no mold for me they gave up on me a long time ago trying to mold me it was just not going to happen um however they tried you know i burst out of it and that's the thing is there is no mold there may be boundaries codes of conduct you know um, areas that you can and cannot go but we don't want a wall. We don't want a border. You know, we just want to explore and see what is possible. And we can do it with courtesy and respect and self-value and a sense of love. And that's really the energy we need to go forward with. So much. And it's just been a pleasure to speak to you today, Sarah, because again, I now leave this call and it's past 8 p.m. in the UK. And I was on Zoom at half past six in the morning. Oh my goodness. Almost 14 hours later. And yet these conversations can leave you feeling energized. Yes. Even after a full day of trying to make a difference. Right. The tank is full, most definitely. How do people get hold of you and what programs are you offering them right now? Um, So people can get hold of me at essentialize.co.uk and leechambers.org. My socials are on both of those websites. Could you spell it for the people that uh, will not be seeing the video that will be listening? Yes, so it's E-S-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-I-S-E.co.uk. C-O.uk. C-O.uk. And uh, and the programs that you've got going right now, you're doing things online and uh, any particular programs or is it just one-on-one at the moment? Uh, It's just one-on-one at the moment. I've got a number of different programs coming out online and they're due to be released in around a month's time. Uh, A program on mindset and resilience and a program on anchoring into your purpose and expressing your authenticity. Both excellent subjects and so need. We've got people in that transition and they just need to be guided, guided into their own frequency um, guided into their own purpose. And you know, I'm, again, so happy that you had your, uh, you know, cosmic spanking um, and the psychic spanking, the cosmic two by four, and that it led you down this path that you're not giving up, you're not giving in, you're constantly exploring new ways because that's what we need. And thank you so much for sharing with us today because uh, a program like yours is most certainly needed. And uh, it just shows people that, this isn't a time, it's maybe a time to pause. It's a time to reflect, to review. It's most certainly a time to renew and to, to look at a different avenue for sure. But, and there's plenty of people out there helping you along the way like you. And if, uh, if they feel your energy and that signature and synergy is there, then reach out because that's what it's about. And you'll help them on their path. I certainly will. And it's been a privilege. Thank you for having me.
Oh, thank you so much. Folks, it doesn't matter about the, uh, the age, uh, the wisdom is there within you when you are willing to explore, to learn, and to understand why things happen to us. Um, what skills and tools can you learn from it? Where is it taking you? What is the clarity? Everything is in the willingness to open up and to learn and explore. So until next time, bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com slash shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.